Gird thy loins to the sword of God. Shabbat. Arise and be dim. <laughs> no. Arise and shine! Deo! <laughs> we might play that for the offering song later. We say Deo! The Beetlejuice glory. Rebecca says I have the gift of joy. That's true. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you for Joel's bar tonight. Everyone here and tuning in, getting whacked in the glory. Blasted on the light of Jesus, his angels helping them grow in light in every area of their spirit, soul, mind, and strength rising on the holy mountain. Glory! Woo! <laughs> yeah. Give you a minute to jump on board. Chariot is leaving earth for heaven without any leaven. Pretty cool, special guest today. We got Rebecca on the show. Hello. <laughs> Glory. You guys have a good weekend? I think they did, considering how many people came in prophetically wearing blue with us today. Which is symbolic of our next step in our Sephirotic journey. This week is it? It's Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, let's say nodding heads. Yes, it's Tuesday. <laughs> Wonderful. We are on our way to Hakma today. So it was a great war. Um, there was a great stir in the heavens against us last night. So I just want to say that to any of our champions, our fighters, or our, especially our local community, if you felt like the energy, like what in the heck was going on this weekend, don't take it personally. It's not just like you don't beat yourself up about it. The heavens were stirred against Minneapolis, Arlen, Minneapolis. Uh, last night and a little bit this weekend, so, but especially last night. So if you are experiencing any symptoms of that, give yourself some grace. Give your spouse some grace, your friends, your roommates, your family some grace and understand that this is a war in the second heavens. And some of those side effects, you'll notice it can be the flesh coming out. But the point is we want to put it on the altar so it's getting burnt out. We give each other more grace more grace that part of you that part of them 
that comes to the surface is often times especially around here in this community you're being raised as warriors as champions as it comes to the surface don't look at it as a self-condemnation or condemning each other but an opportunity to work together in love and humility i feel a huge fire raging into fret in our body right now thank you it's the sun of righteousness it's so hot it's burning right now thank you it's the beauty of holiness that God is forming in you. So those things are going to come to the surface. It's going to be ugly sometimes. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be perfect. Make peace with that. And what is it? What do you do? Forgive one another as I have forgiven you. It is written. So more grace. Moving on and understand that part of you that manifested, that part of your family, your spouse, your kids, your friends, that manifested that likeness of Satan toward you or toward each other is actually not going to exist in you or in them anymore. That's what's burning. And so you can move forward knowing that that part of you no longer exists. Once that's dealt with, it's on the fire. You don't go back to it. It's literally burning in the altar of the sun. Give more grace. Amen. Because it's uh, no one, no one, no one deserves to be up here except for the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us that goes on this journey and rises is undeserving, unworthy of rising, and you just have to kind of get over that. Don't harp on the fact that, you know, oh, I'm so unworthy, I can't rise. He paid the price for you to rise and to become worthy, not based on self-efforts or our own self-righteousness, which is what's burning this week, to move higher. But it's his undeserved grace, his love for you. We have those terms and conditions that he's given us, what we need to do, how we need to treat each other, and we go higher. But understand it's undeserved, this pure, undeserved grace. And we're grateful for that. So let's have an attitude of gratitude this week and just a lot of grace for our loved ones. Amen. Good, so we're just going to flow tonight, whatever the Holy Ghost wants to do to build up the body of Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this group. Uh, this weekend I was looking at a lot of the people that are walking with us and just the gratitude for the company that's marching forward in RLM right now. It really is a special group, and I just want to tell you guys I'm thankful that you're here and that you're walking with us and advancing the kingdom with us it's it's really special i could feel it inside god the father's heart how special it is to be in this number and it's it's so interesting it's all walks of life it's all different types of people with one thing in common just a radical desire for god no matter what it looks like and that's what it takes it takes just complete dissolving of respectability, a dissolving of humanity and desiring the things of God. And as we march forward triumphing always by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, people be drawn to the radical righteousness. They're going to be drawn to people that are willing to look like fools for Christ's sake, be misunderstood. You repent radically of people-pleasing. It will inspire others to be more obedient to the Holy Ghost, to the invisible God, instead of the visible God, which is Satan. 
more to the invisible God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. God's been speaking to me about forming a relationship with his invisibility. The part of you that's invisible is the only divine part of you. You know that? <laughs> so a person who has to live for something that they can see will never see God or never walk with God. God's called in Scripture invisible. You can only walk with God in the invisible part of you. Now your invisible part can consume your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your flesh, your bones, your blood. It can consume every part of you so that you only feel from that divine nature. So that's all the testing and the trying of the wilderness. What's the wilderness? The transition from visible to invisible. You know the highest light is invisible light? The highest walk you can have is becoming invisible. And so that's what we want for everyone to grow in light. And the type of light that's the omnipresence of the Holy Ghost is invisible light. This is where the enemy can't see you at all because you're completely hidden with God in Christ. How do you get hidden? You become invisible light. Hidden means invisible. So every area that's visible, there's pride. Every area that wants to be seen by men, Jesus Christ said, well, you have rewards because you're already seen. Their rewards, when they were religious or deceived, was that it would be in a different light spectrum. So since you're working for the wages that spoil, which is the natural light of the natural man and the visible light of the visible man, you don't have rewards in the invisible light of the invisible God. So as you transition from unbelief of the visible to faith of the invisible, you begin to transfer your natural man's ability into God the Father's ability, which is angelic. And angels are almost always invisible. When they become visible, it's usually because the eyes of your heart have been illuminated. The Word of God is what transfers the animal vision or metamorphosizes it from darkness, which is natural, into light, which is supernatural. You've been translated out of darkness into light or born again, born in heaven. So you had a born again experience that translated you from natural light into glory light. God is ever increasing that light through your natural man, through sacrifice and obedience, obeying his commandments. <laughs> so the covenant is this. You will have ever increasing light. Now why don't most Christians experience that? They cap out how much invisible light they judge themselves worthy of walking in. There's a judgment that you have towards yourself that limits the amount that God can work in you. <clears throat> so forgiveness is aligning your judgments with the Lamb of God. That's why anyone married to God is married to the Lamb of God and becomes the bride of the Lamb. What is that nature? Aligning with His judgments at Calvary. Any area of your spirit, soul, mind, and strength are not in agreement with the judge of the cross, you're going to find darkness there. You're going to have belief systems there that are strongholds, emotional strongholds, strongholds in your feelings, 
you know, the carnal passions of the lust, of the lust of the flesh and the strongholds of the body that have impulses from false light. Where there's a temptation, what's a temptation? It's an impulse of the flesh, which means natural light is drawing you away from invisible, uncreated light. God is light, it is written, in him there's no darkness at all. So there's a light that is darkness, Jesus Christ said in the gospel. That's the temptation of the evil and the angel of light that deceives. So everyone's getting pulled around by lights. And some of these lights, the Bible tells you one-third are darkness. So discernment or wisdom, wisdom is discernment. Discernment is your measure of wisdom, discerns lights. Can judge if the light is darkness can judge if this light comes from a source that has your destruction in mind, that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. You know, Satan's an angel of light, the Bible says, and he, he's a thief that only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How does he do it? Through false light, 100% of the time. So it usually has the appearance, or oftentimes it won't even have the appearance, it's just pleasures of the flesh, or pleasures of the eyes, and pride of knowledge, to be good and built up and puffed up in the self-nature instead of Jesus Christ's nature. So everything the enemy does is to build up destruction in the soul, which grows you in self-awareness. Sin, which is false light, grows you in self-awareness, where you cannot stop thinking about yourself. That's the measure of sin in you. You literally are practicing sin the amount that you think about yourself. When Christ rises in your hearts, you only think about Him. Why? Because His light has consumed you. That's what sanctification is. Sanctification is allowing true light. John chapter 1, the Apostle John had to distinguish true light from false light. The Bible says that true light came into the world. That means that the whole world was filled with false light before true light came into the world. And it still deceives the nations. But now there is a discipleship of true light to do what? John 1, expose their works as evil. All the works of false light are sin and evil. Most of them come in the guise of Christianity because the Antichrist comes in the guise of being a perfect Christian, the guise of Christ, a great prophet, a great teacher, a great apostle. All these things... He'll even sound like a great prophet. He might even sound like, you know, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Problem is, different light spectrum, 100% of the time. So Jesus Christ said, you know, by our fruit, you get discernment or wisdom of the fruit of the blood of his cross, called the grapes of the vineyards of the Garden of Eden. So you begin to have a certain fruit in your mouth, and in your mind, and in your heart, and in your hand, and burning through your temple, where you don't allow bad fruit anymore. You can actually taste and see the Lord is good and taste and see that false light is bad and know the difference because you become a, a wine taster. What's a different type of wine? Now, the Bible says they drink from the cups of demons. What does that look like, tasting other lights? It looks like experiencing all kinds of other vibrations, different things that come in like words or thoughts every thought will have a type of light in it 
since you're a light being and your blood is congealed light, you can't even think a thought except by light. You know that? You've never thought one thought or impulse in your spirit, soul, or flesh except through all kinds of different lights. So here is what sanctification is. It cleans you until you're just in that pure Holy Spirit light. <laughs> and the evidence that you're in that pure light, that true light, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so you'll begin to have a gardening of light. What is a gardener? A person who only receives the seed of true light and understands how to bring ever-increasing light and garden it up in your spirit since you're a garden. And now your mind is trained to be a disciple or a gardener of lights. What's God the Father? Father of lights. So what is he doing? Gardening. Sometimes you just got to pluck weeds out, take other things out of you. Oftentimes when we resist, it's a stronghold because we think that that darkness, that false light, is God. That's when you get religious offense. That's when you deal with the stubbornness, the insistence on the animal, thinking that, you know, people don't understand me. I'm all alone out here. The only thing real to me is what I can do with my hands and the sweat of my brow and money, or what my flesh experiences through my senses, and I've barely even come out of my reasoning. And so carnal Christianity is simply infancy in Christ. We have a great love for infants in Christ, a great hatred for sin, a great hatred for false wisdom is the love towards the child. And so a lot of people understand that, especially in a, a generation that doesn't have great examples of fathers and mothers, and we don't know what God the Father's like in His nature. And so, my experience in ministry has been a lot of people, when they get their first taste of discipline, they interpret it wrongly, that I'm rejected because God doesn't accept me the way I am. No, He doesn't receive any animal. If even an animal were to touch the mountain, it must be stoned to death. So, God chastises, even scourges those he receives as sons and daughters, Hebrews says. So it's not about beating people up. It's about growing people up and getting the sin out of them, getting the animal out of them, getting the beast out of the forehead. You're talking about an apostolic glory, signs and wonders, body of Christ to the seven churches of Asia Minor, and all of them had the mark of the beast, if you read the Bible. That's what exactly what it says. All those Christians with the signs, miracles, and wonders had 666 in their forehead in their hand, which means they were still carnal infants in Christ. They had not yet ascended into Revelation 4.1. They were still down in the dirt, in the earth, which means carnal-minded. You can be absolutely glory freaks and be totally carnal-minded. And that's really where the body of Christ is at today, which needs to be an accurate judgment. And what it will do is it will humble you so that you can actually grow in the divine nature problem is people have an opinion about everything when God comes with accuracy when he comes with an iron scepter to smash the nations to pieces like pottery we need to receive God's verdict and reject man's man will say patty cake pat your neighbor on the back tell him he's perfect he doesn't need to change and they begin to attack what they think is 
a hatred report when it's actually the love of God. <laughs> so the beast, what does the Bible say, is given a mouth to utter blasphemies. What's the beast? The mouth of the unrenewed mind. The mouth of the technon Christian. The mouth of the infant in Christ, still controlled by his own senses and his own reasoning. Which means the mouth of the fool that has no wisdom yet. If you read the Bible, wisdom only comes through killing beasts, which is terminating your human nature. Your homo sapien nature is an animal nature. It's based on flesh and blood. And a lot of that beast even embraces the stuff about spirit and soul. doesn't mean you have any wisdom. Demons believe in spirit and soul. Demons believe in Jesus. The issue is getting the human nature terminated so that the Son of God is literally formed inside you. Another big thing God's doing right now, He wants to share with you His virginity by grace. Everybody that loves Jesus will purify Himself, Scripture says. Now, you are living in one of the most perverse generations with the most slime available because of your cell phones, because of television, because of society and all the electronics. No generation has had this much access to slime. So, Daniel 12, knowledge shall increase. Well, it's also the knowledge of evil shall increase, it is written. Which is, how much evil has gone into your eyes is more than most generations could ever have even imagined. And that's true. But here's the thing. Jesus, by His grace, is being formed in you as a perfect virgin. The portion of His grace that grows up in your hearts and minds by yielding to Him is perfect virginity. Now, Scripture says you can only ascend the mountain with clean hands and a pure heart and haven't lifted yourself to idols. Lifting yourself to idols is you trying to be the virgin and not allowing the Lamb to have His rewards. There's a whole bunch of religious garbage out there that says, I can be pure apart from Jesus. The Bible says, apart from me, you cannot do one single thing. That's the new covenant. Is Jesus himself progressively formed in our spirit, in our soul, and in our flesh, and in our eyes, and our five senses, and devouring our reasoning. The Bible says you're transfigured by the devouring of your reasoning. The devouring of your human intelligence, Scripture says, Romans 12, 2, is what transfigures you. So, you have to lose your mind to gain His. Those who keep their human mind become the enemies of Jesus Christ. Notice they're mostly Christians. In the civil war that we've been waging for 20 years here, the main enemy, just like the hordes of hell are marching, you read it, Final Quest chapter 1, who are the hordes of hell? That's the name of it. The hordes of hell are marching. The hordes of hell are Christians, people. Well, that's true. If you read Anna Roundtree's Heaven Awaits the Bride, the goat's head battering ram is only hitting one place. Mm -hmm. Christianity. And it ain't real Christianity, so you can chill out. It's false Christianity. (laughs) It's the Christianity of the technon that's being anathema. If you don't anathema, which means utterly destroy through the curse, And you know what the curse is? The death of Jesus upon earthly religion. If you don't anathema earthly Christianity, you'll never have heaven on earth. Never. You'll never have heaven on earth. 
most important priority, get rid of the old that's pretending to be God. The old man practicing the New Testament is the greatest deception of all time. So the whore of Babylon is. It's the old man, the Adamic man, taking the teachings of Jesus and obeying it in its own strength. That's what an infant in Christ does. That's what a technon blasphemer does. They're always trying to do Christianity themselves without Christ to gain some kind of credit, to puff themselves up with pride, make themselves feel good. you got to stop that. That's blasphemy. What you need is an intimate relationship with the Spirit of Grace because Jesus Christ is with you, Emmanuel. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It is written. When you begin to know Him as the Spirit of Grace, all that self-effort works junk burns away and it becomes an intimate relationship with the one who changes you on the inside. And if you don't know the Spirit of Grace, you need to ask the Spirit of Grace into your life. Some of you have been just worshiping and serving the religious devil and a false Jesus your whole Christian lives. Some of you got false Holy Spirits, multiple false Holy Spirits. You got the whole kingdom of hell pretending to be the kingdom of heaven, the Bible says. He hasn't just come as an angel of light to deceive. He built a second heavens kingdom of heaven and has told the charismatic prophetic church that it's the third heaven. So that even the elite are deceived. That their visions and dreams are always lies. Mm -hmm. We've seen it continuously. You're at the very end of the Great Tribulation. You're at the very end of the Book of Revelation. You're at the very end of time, the maturity, and the climax of the ages. You're at the, the pinnacle of all the seed of the words of Satan and Jesus sown into men and women's hearts. And now we want you to make a better decision for yourselves to choose the words of Jesus that always will contradict and burn up any other word. There can only be one word working in you, which is the bloodline of Jesus Christ. If you don't sanctify your hearts to listen to his words exclusively, the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump, which means you become deaf and won't be able to hear the shepherd's voice. You won't be his sheep. You go goat quickly. What's a goat? Someone that can't hear him. Someone that sees but never perceives. Someone that hears but never understands lest they come into repentance, which means return to the high place where he is, ascended to the right hand of God in Zion. Amen. Amen. What we need to do is purify us from every other voice. Amen. Cleanse your hearts and minds. The Bible says, rend your hearts, not your garments, which means get your brain on the inside and deal with your spirit. When you deal with your spirit, you'll recognize that you need to eat a different food into your spirit to strengthen the part of you that God is trying to father and communicate to. How do sheep hear his voice? Because he's here as the seven spirits of God, Revelation 5, 6, and that's it. Which means if you are not a spiritual person, you cannot hear Jesus Christ. If you are a carnal, natural person, you are deaf and stopped up by carnality, which is the measure of sin that has dulled your senses and reasoning to the invisible, supernatural God and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will often deal with you as a gentle dove. Now, the more aggressive natures of the Holy Spirit, you really don't get to know them until you know the Holy Spirit as a lamb first, which means it's a very kind and gentle nature. 
You know, my job in the body of Christ is to often demonstrate the more mature natures, and he's got a lot of them, guys, the more mature character qualities and attributes of the Father, because you got 10,000 people doing nursery out there in Christianity. So everyone's already doing that. What you don't have much of is people that know him from the beginning that can demonstrate attributes and character qualities that really stretch you to grow in areas you're totally uncomfortable with, which means that's the only potential of your Christian growth is to be challenged into new areas that you've never known before. So that's why you begin to get a lot of persecution from God's people because they haven't seen it before, and most of their leaders are infants just like they are. So the most important thing to God is to grow you up. Why? He's the Father of Spirits. The whole nature of Jesus revealing God was as Father. Now, the term Father means to grow up, to be fathered. The very name of God has to do in maturing you. The name that Jesus chose to reveal the one true God as was a name that is a an example of nurturing and growing someone up. A father means someone who raises. True. If you father someone, that means you take him from adolescence into maturity. So the entire character and nature of the revealing of God through Jesus Christ was for the maturing of your being. Now, when you listen to other voices, they often become the enemy of your maturity. Why? Because it goes against the grain of the human nature. It fights and whittles down the pride of the soul and the mind. It starts to deal with the human being. Not in a good way, but as sin. And so, when the Father's nature comes forth to mature a person after they're born again, most of the time it's fought by the individual. It's extremely rare that a person's just volunteering for the threshing floor, says, I know there's nothing good in me, take it all out and do whatever you want with my life, Heavenly Father, and I'm not even going to resist. Just form yourself in me through whatever means necessary, because I know everything in the world is a lie, everything in me is a lie. Those are very rare, rare. Usually those people have come to a complete end of themselves, like Saul of Tarsus. After they've maxed out the sinful nature, most people get converted and start believing in Jesus, but still have huge strongholds of their humanity, which is in the knowledge of good. This is where you get the blasphemy of the animal, that the animal's good and doesn't require such chastisement, such scourging, because that's a really good part of me, it's a good area of me, I'm actually obedient in that area. Listen, the Bible says every area where God is, there is an ever-increasing light, which means the continuous challenging of that area. If that area is not growing in light, it's often the devil in counterfeit breakthrough. Saying, oh, I already have a breakthrough in finances, I have a good job, God's blessed me. You look for the Shekinah, and you look for the walk with God. Because the devil is such a liar, He'll often create different ways to deceive you. Most people can get deceived real easily through blessings. Mm -hmm. Or something's easy, that must mean God's favor. Usually right. not. Usually not. It's usually the temptation, just you'll never grow again in Christ mm -hmm. the rest of your life. Because now it got easy. 
you know, if it's easy for the human being, that means there's no challenge for the growth of the spirit being, the divine part of you. Now, when it's always hard on the human being, that's a person after God's own heart. Look at David having to run from Saul for decades. You know, not so easy. Having your life threatened constantly for what? Obeying God, being called of God, following God. A man after God's own heart. Even when he took the throne, it was continuous controversy. Continuous drama in David's house. And there was war all his life until he passed away. And then Solomon had peace all his days because of his father, David's warfare. Mm-hmm. Okay, So the end result of warfare is peace. But it means that you'll be warring against the human being. And it's not up to you or me to decide if I can be at peace with the thing. God decides. God will never have a peace treaty with the human part of you. He'll always be waging war against the human being until it's anathema and until you have the substance of Christ fully formed in that whole room of your soul. So you look at yourself as a huge building project because that's accurate. You have a spirit, you have a soul. Your soul has many rooms. Jesus went ahead of you and says, I'm preparing a place for you in heaven. In my Father's house are many rooms or mansions or dwelling places, which means it's the pioneering of the salvation of your soul being indwelled by God the Father's glory. You need to understand all success is having more of the Father formed inside you. And the external stuff, that's just a byproduct. If you ever take your eyes off of the internal development, that's called bewitched. You're lost again. And you need someone to steer you in the right direction to get God inside mind because you ain't following Christ anymore. Christ in you. The hope of you staying fixed on the glory of God. Focusing on the internal building. Focusing on the internal changing. So the soul needs to be constantly changed, rearranged, by a willing vessel understanding the Father's fathering. Because God inside-mindedness was unknown in this generation, practically in any charismatic church in the world, not the true fathering of the inner man into the maturity of the seven spirits of God and the menorah of the transfiguration of the soul, so that the whole soul is in unity with God the Father in the exact outrain brilliance of His Shekinah light. Since that is unknown how to progress in ever-increasing light, you could say that the New Covenant hasn't been understood. What we've had for practically 2,000 years in Christianity is a New Testament apostolic teaching that has been applied externally through man's senses and man's reasoning, which means religiously. That's why, if you look around, Christians are extremely religious. Jesus is the most anti-religious person there is. So it's not at all Jesus, okay? Taking New Testament, putting it upon your senses and upon your reasoning, putting it upon you like an external thing, makes you not at all like Jesus, okay? And that's why people really struggle, but that's mostly what all of you got into, because there was nothing else. Now you're learning to put it into your spirit and cast off daily the old Adamic religious nature. That's the dying daily. Dying daily is applying the New Testament to the inner man at the expense and peeling off 
are also called in Scripture circumcision of the heart, which means the peeling off of the old man every day by the building up of the inner man. This is why so few build up their inner man. It costs you all external religion, which is an unknown thing in this generation. You cannot go to a church in this world and not practice witchcraft. It don't exist yet. Because the only church that's witchcraft free is the church of the firstborn in heaven, which is the development of Christ. And as you develop it, you resurrect internally, which means you're not even earthly anymore. You're not even on the earth anymore. You understand that? When you actually practice the New Testament internally, you resurrect and become members of the church of the firstborn in heaven, and it's real. Which means your mind's renewed to live out of that realm. You see how it has dominion over the natural realm. How it makes all the demons angry, the religionists angry. And how the devil uses external Christianity to bewitch the whole world. Only someone mature in God-inside-mindedness has this correct eagle perspective. You have a lot of people that even quote these scriptures now. First John 4, 4, God is in you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, but is still entirely bewitched. A person whose vision and senses are no longer in the head, okay, or human, but is now in the heart, in the spirit, that's a weos. That's a mature son of God. Do you understand that? The difference between a technon, their senses are still in their head. But by constantly practicing God inside-mindedness known as righteousness, senses and reasoning which is intelligence transfer from head into heart into the new creature so now the new creature is controlled by the holy spirit this is how a person walks with god and nobody can walk with god any other way than this amen truth and i wanted to thank you amen that is so good and i can feel as some of you are listening some of you are watching you might fully agree with everything that's been said so far and yes amen and it resonates with your spirit it rings true the holy spirit in you witnesses that what you just heard is the truth and you know that and you're aware of it but then there's that that thought or that feeling in the soul that says yes but how how do i know if I'm actually walking in it, I feel like I'm doing better than I was before. I'm God inside minded. I wasn't before. But what is it that's keeping me from rising or seeing clearly? Now, what Brandon said was so important for you to hear today. You are learning the difference in how to discern invisible light from visible light. And now we're not just talking in the context of visible rainbow or you're looking at your couch, the table, us on your TV screen, your mobile device right now, with your natural eyes, on that level too, yes. But in the invisible, angels of light that deceive versus holy angels, Lucifer or Satan, the false god, as opposed to the true God of uncreated light, the one and only God, the Holy Trinity God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uncreated light. 
the creator of all things, including the angels, who then fell. So what he's talking about is that uncreated light, discerning, right? How is it going to become clear to you? That's for many of you listening to us right now. This is your next step in maturity, where we're going, the reason why we're wearing blue today, and things are going to become clear for you. There's a new clarity. Clarity comes with elevation. You're going up. Now, what he was talking about when Brandon mentioned discernment only comes from discerning invisible light from visible light. What he means is created light or uncreated light. Uncreated light being God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That light versus created light. Now, what about holy angels? Well, when a holy angel is sent to you from God the Father's throne, if any of the Trinity sends a holy angel to you, what did he send? Anybody? A word. He sent you a word. He sends his word. His word does not come back to him void. He will send you his word. He gives his word. So what is that holy angel carrying? Uncreated light. And that's across the board. So the clearness of the discernment, right? How do you know when someone comes around? You could say, well, that person is practicing witchcraft. That's evil. Everybody knows that. You could be a baby Christian for two days and know that. But what Brandon's talking to you about tonight is when someone comes around or something in the appearance of Christianity, the appearance of what's good, seems good, even with Shekinah. We might get into that later, but Shekinah is not always the example of something that came from God because what we know about the state of things since the fall is stolen glory right what is anointing glory oil of the oil of glory you've heard prophets talk about the oil of glory some of you are called to carry the oil of glory in your life and cover your families with it now if that's something you're called to you have to understand stolen bread stolen oil wine of the other side the cups of demons those are going to be your arch enemy you have to learn and that's what we're here to teach how to discern the difference between those things not just waiting to see if you know a prophet like prophet will help you the apostles will help you will teach and confirm things that god's already speaking to you that's there but there's coming a point in your walk here soon. Some of you are coming into this. God is asking you to mature in discernment between different sources of light. Because when the Shekinah is stolen, when it's corrupted, right? Is it wise virgin? Foolish virgins don't maintain their virginity. I'll say that. You might have started off virgin, but where there's stolen glory for the self-nature, the selfish nature of Satan, formed in the individual, not sacrificed, 
not receiving the correction, not receiving the scourging of a son, not wanting to go up the mountain, I'll stay down in the sand. Sand always turns into, what do we learn? Orgy. First, maybe with demon spirits, and then maybe eventually in outgoing measures on the outside. It starts on the inside. But when they first come around, the demon, or the person carrying the demon, not every person that comes into your life is sent from God. That would be nice if that was always the case. But oftentimes, the enemy sends you people to your life, to your inbox, to your maybe your family, your kids, friends, whatever way they can try to get to you. And you don't want to go around like a paranoid person and wondering and worrying because do not worry. Well, look, you just got yourself into sin. Well, do not fear that it is written. So you don't want to get into that sin. You need to learn discernment. And this is all tied together with what he was saying about uncreated light versus created light. You sacrifice. Now, what is that? You go up. This verse here, this is what the Lord was saying. It's going to become clear. The Lord said it's going to become clear for you. Colossians 1, starting in 13, the Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have our redemption through his blood who which means the forgiveness of our sins now he is the exact likeness of the unseen god the visible representation of the invisible. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. That's how you test the spirits, but he is the visible representation of the invisible God. Invisible light. Woo! Mm. How are you going to know what that angel is carrying? Is it invisible light? Uncreated light? What is the difference between what Satan has created or stolen and assembled in the second heavens versus the true path of Jesus Christ, the way? Jesus Christ, the way, the Sephardic tree of righteousness. What did it say? Do you remember on one of the Joel's bars from last week? What did Brandon say about Moses and the sapphire stones? The word of God, the word of God, Jesus Christ, who was, who is, and who was the angel Yahweh, who was there. He is the word that came down. He was the bread that came from heaven. How did Moses go up? What did Brendan read last week? Sapphire stones that looked like what? Clear as the sky. Wow. Clear as the sky it was clear now in the book of one enoch mm. what does it say that satan's throne looked like lapis lazuli or you could call it false sapphire stone mm. so when you're looking at the light that the angels are bringing all angels 
ascend and descend on those sapphire stones, the lightning path. Is it coming down the tree that's of God? Because the sapphire stones, right, the tree of life is Jesus Christ within you, the hope of realizing the glory. The shell, the shadow, the shadow dimension of the stolen light that makes up Satan's throne that only goes up through the second heavens. It does not connect to the third heaven. Like Brandon said, they imitate the third heaven. So as you're rising, how do you know what stones you're walking on? You have to confront both sides as you go up. Why? Because what's inside of you? The curse of the fall. The fall of what? The nature of Satan that Adam and Eve took when Eve ate from Satan. Every spirit is a tree. How do you know that? It is written, I see all men as trees when Jesus opened his eyes. All spirits appear as trees. So when Eve went to go eat from a tree, it wasn't just the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She first ate from Satan. Now, if you study what the Jewish sages say about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve were like young saplings as far as their spiritual maturity was, and God understood that it would not be beneficial for them to eat it. It would actually destroy them. Now, he didn't explain that to them to test their hearts. And according to those sages, in their writings, they say that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that being worshipped, that being sought after, that being consumed separate from the living God, what is that knowledge apart from God, is what caused the fall. And what did she do? She ate from the lying, deceiving tree, who's been a liar since the beginning, it is written. That is, and that tree is represented in Shekinah. Why is it written in the book of Enoch, in one Enoch, why is it written when Archangel Michael took Enoch and he showed him, he called it the tree of great wisdom. That your mother and father, Adam and Eve, even Adam, they ate from this and, they, and their eyes were opened. That was the curse of the fall. So why is it that the archangel explains to Enoch that later on the holy will eat from that tree? Because they're going to be mature trees, not saplings that die from eating it. Do you understand? It's knowledge apart from God that is evil. Let me just explain just simply because I'm going into visions here of it. It's using light for flesh or light for growing in union in your spirit. So what Adam and Eve did was they learned about light in the ability of the flesh, which is called sorcery. And then for hundreds of years got involved in witchcraft. So the whole curse of the fall is based on the separation of Shekinah from the spirit ability. 
our Shekinah in flashability. That's why when you see Technon's Kumbaya in the sand, it's Shekinah in the flashability. That's when you know it ain't God. Because that's the very curse of the falls. Shekinah in the flesh. That's how Adam and Eve fell. They separated Shekinah from God. It's all about uniting Shekinah or light back to intimacy with God in your spirit on the inside. Anyone that's not developing the knowledge of the glory in their spirit is not even a Christian. Because sorcery is growing in Shekinah or light apart from your spirit in Christ. Which is what most people do even if they get into the glory stream or go to charismatic churches. Most charismatic churches because of ignorance and immaturity don't understand Shekinah empowers all the demonic. Shekinah empowers the entire kingdom of hell is run on Shekinah separated from man's spirit. Stolen oil, stolen bread. So every temptation is Shekinah in the flesh or the soul, even in your spirit, not doing God's will. So until you get these foundational understandings of the entire curse of the fall, I mean, you can't even have dominion over a Lucifer until you walk on stars. Right. Pure and simple. You, you will not have wisdom or the maturity over the fallen angels until you can walk on the sun with your whole angel or spirit man within that's right. been restored to Shekinah, which is God's original design for Adam and Eve. So when you see the archangel standing on the sun wearing the rainbow crown, Understand that's necessary as a step of your maturity, Mm. taking dominion over light, taking dominion over the stars. Walking over the stars is walking on sapphire pavement. Walking on the sun, walking on the moon, walking on the planetary spheres, walking from glory to glory is walking with dominion Mm -hmm. over lights. Right. Everything God created was created by light and his word. So to take dominion over creation, which is the commandment of Genesis, you'll have to take dominion over all the lights of all creation. Now everything that has blood in it is made out of light. So how do you take dominion over blood light? You have to take dominion over starlight. You want to see a deceived Christian, just look at any Christian that hasn't taken dominion over starlight, they'll just be completely deceived. Because natural light, starlight, still has dominion over their brain, which means they're completely lost. And as soon as you bring something with a tremendous light that has dominion over that starlight, every single time they get offended and their pride is pricked. Why? Because the light that's in them is darkness. What is the light that's in people that's darkness? Starlight. Simple. Right. So when you take dominion over the fallen angels, you've taken dominion over starlight. Who can do that? Only Christ. How did Christ destroy Satan on the cross? He opened the way to take dominion over the stars and the angels of light. And so this is what we have to do. Rise from the dead. What's the dead? All starlight. What's dead? Starlight. Biological starlight condition, the energy that emanates the human being is the darkness of death. Right. Resurrection. <laughs> it's spiritual and moral resurrection above the dead while yet in the body, which is the sapphire stones, which are clear. 
And like we said, why, why do you deal with both sides as you go up? Inside your sapphire stones, you have the clear within you, that's the deposit of the Holy Spirit that you received at salvation. Right? And when you're baptized in the Spirit, you're filled in your spirit with the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of tongues. You're open now to all the gifts of the Spirit operating in those. But when you start to rise, when you feed your spirit and grow your spirit, and then you take that first step up, right? You've been feeding your spirit. You've been a baby spirit. Lay hands on your spirit. Feast on the word. Feast on the prophetic and the apostolic word. Now you're ready to take your step, your first step. When you take that step, each one of those sapphires is in your spirit. And you step up, you know, that first step. And you get to the moon. What does that represent? The moon represents sexual purity. That's why it's represented in Joseph. He was the one who fled Potiphar's wife. So that's why holiness is the evidence that you're on the right path. So when you go to step up there, why is it that we teach and preach so heavily against the sin of lust and fornication? And this is a perverse generation, like Brandon was saying. This is week seven of the book of Enoch that you're in right now because he's doing everything he can. The enemy is trying everything he can to keep you from standing on the moon, being clothed in the sun because that sets in motion a chain of events that's been written since before the beginning of time and he's seen those books right so as you step up onto the moon you're not only just dealing with you know what is called in Hebrew Yasad representing sexual purity it also represents Shekinah the purity of the glory that you're walking in and that's what this is about and so at the same time you're dealing with your own what we deal with our own sexual purity you have to put that on the altar because that's just the it's the fall of the curse of what whose nature Satan's nature versus God's nature whose child are you going to be which kingdom are you going to choose to be a part of it's the everyday choices that we're making to continue walking with him or turn back and not be worthy of him well we're Abraham's children we know all the mystic stuff no you're Satan's children he said Satan is your father who are you allowing to father you? And when this, the judgments, the severity, you're like, oh, this is so strict, I can't handle it. Understand that the severity of the judgments and the strictness that we teach with is simply so that you can be positioned to be closer to your father. And that's where you enjoy and you feel that greater sense of closeness with God his tender love for you that that warm and and tender feeling of the love of the holy spirit the love of the son of god the love of the father for you and it's so holy and beautiful and intimate and it's the kind of intimacy that he longs to have with you but those are all the things that are in the way of you being closer with your father so don't be afraid of the judgment don't be afraid of the strictness, the severity, the scourging. Just allow it to go past through you. Allow it to change. And understand that he's doing this in my life because he wants to bring me closer to him. Because as you rise, those stones speak of his name. Holy angels carrying 
a word from God, which is uncreated light, which is the seed, the deposit of the anointing of the living God, the Spirit of God, to grow you. They will be carrying that light, and you learn to discern light from light. So then you know when someone comes around to your inbox, someone comes around your comment section, somebody comes around your families, you know, your family, their relationships. You start to get, you know, you start to get smart about this is how uncreated light is. And this is what darkness always does with stolen light. There's patterns you start to recognize. How? By going up. So at that level, you'll deal with the demonic. The shell comes off. You receive the seed. You go up to the next level. And as you do that, you're continually confronting that lapis lazuli false throne of Satan every step until you confront his very throne himself. That's the path and the trajectory we are on right now. And it's an exciting thing. It's a thrilling thing. And it's a serious thing, and that's why we preach it in all seriousness, because it is life and death. There are consequences for sin. We want you to walk in grace. That's why humility must be... The, humility is the evidence. How do you know if it's true holiness or religious pride? Because on the outside, why? The knowledge of good looks the same. Externally. But you're learning to discern uncreated light from created light, or stolen light, stolen glory. Humility is the bloom of Tifret, which is the sun. The sun of righteousness with healing in his wings, healing in his beams. One of the most humble angels you will ever meet is Raphael. The greatest, like, probably like the greatest healer apart from God himself in the kingdom of heaven. And yet so humble. A servant's heart. That's why his name is the first one you see on the sun. Because the only evidence of true holiness is an ever-increasing humility. Now I know it's easy to see our own pride, or as you go up it gets easier to see your pride, so it's, it's uncomfortable. You see it, you look at it. Under the sun... And even at these levels, you still there's still blindness because of pride. As opposed, when you're under the sun, you just don't you're not aware that you have pride. You think you see everybody else's pride. As you come up, there's just in his light we see light. So in his light, his uncreated light, we see the darkness of the light of self righteousness in ourselves, and it's just uncomfortable. And that's okay. Allow yourself to be comfortable in that feeling of being uncomfortable because. The living God is shining his light, and there's just nowhere for it to hide. And you're going to come to those places where you say, I see the problem now, and I still don't know what to do about it. <laughs> so you, do, you go into the word of God. That's why you have each other. You have this community. You have your angels assigned to you, and you have your relationship with the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, and God your Father. He doesn't want you to just, oh, i got to be perfect, got to be perfect. I gotta try so hard. He wants you to be real with him. He's showing you with his uncreated light. In his light, we see light. This is your condition. And we deal with it. We wrestle with it. We wonder, how can I change? It must be this. I need some formula. You know, I need, if I just fast enough. 
but you can yeah. only be joyful to the measure your pride is burnt out of you because joy is really the manifestation of Jesus after the forgiveness of sin. Lord, restore the joy of salvation with salvation. Your sin be as scarlet, now it's white as snow, or it's Shekinah. So, there's a few things I see the Spirit wanting to communicate to you. Understanding, the overcoming the Antichrist. This generation, the climax of the ages, the maturity of the times, will overcome the Antichrist. The Antichrist is not like what the bewitched Church of America right. says it is. What it is, is it's overcoming Shekinah that's separated from walking with the Father. Simple as that. Right. It's all externalism. It's all external light. Even all the light of God and goodness mm -hmm. and prosperity and favor and healing and all the light. Why is it lying signs and wonders? Because it's mm -hmm. external. Right. That's why it's lying signs and wonders. It doesn't restore the spirit to walk with the Father in the Garden of Eden, which means it's garbage. Yep. Shekinah garbage. <laughs> Shekinah Crap. Shekinah Garbage Ministries. Yeah, it is. That's the very fall itself. It's the Antichrist. Yeah. So when you overcome <laughs> Shekinah separated from God, which is requires God inside mindedness, yeah. original design, sacrificing the convenience of the outer man for the inconvenience and the misunderstanding of the inner man. And if you haven't done that much, well, you're not going to be close to him. You'll be easily deceived. You're never going to be anchored deep into the living water or around those that are, you'll just be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine with teaching of demons and men and women and people-pleasing and fads and traditions and all kinds of stupid right. crap. But if you go deeper into your spirit and put the Word in there, always bring it back to the Word because it's your daily bread. When the Word of God is the sustenance of your spirit, your mind is not looking for it on the outside. You're satisfied on Christ within. That's why if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you be filled. What does filled mean? Satisfied. <laughs> when you're satisfied, you ain't looking for sin. You're not yeah. looking for religion. You're not no looking for false love. Temptation can't get you. False love. Yeah. The relationships with the opposite sex. The loneliness. Mm -hmm. All that's gone. Why? Because you're filled. Oh, yeah. The gluttony, too. The Lord wanted to mention that. The gluttony. Oh, he was showing me... Um, that that manifestation of needing to be filled like what brandon was saying of anything whether it's lust or false love or you know even just gluttony why is it that humans tend to get bored and circulate around the kitchen how many times do you have to open up that refrigerator before you realize salvation ain't in there <laughs> it's in here <laughs> you're looking to taste it here if you this is what i this is something eat the word, yeah, eat the word yeah full. yeah Taste and see that the Lord is good, and then let your snacks be added unto you, right? Don't fast yourself to death in religious pride. Yeah, the whole purpose of all of it is to learn yeah. how to enjoy the, the Father perfectly, because mm -hmm. that's all Jesus is. Jesus came to earth to bring us back to the Father, which is to learn mm -hmm. how to enjoy God. One, another thing the Spirit wants to talk about is how the same person is getting formed in all of you. Yeah. You don't have a different Jesus. You don't have a personal Jesus. You don't have an independent Jesus. There's only one Jesus Christ. Okay? There's only one Son of God. So as He gets formed in you, all of the rebellion of self and false individuality begins to burn away, which means it's so easy to love one another without strife. The evidence that the true Jesus Christ is being formed in your inner man, so much less strife than before. 
because you get around people that are having the living Lord Jesus, the one true Jesus Christ. And the enemy has counterfeited hundreds of thousands. That's why you got all these people saying they're doing Jesus's will down here mm -hmm. because they got a different Jesus. <laughs> when Christ is formed in your spirit, man, and then resurrects you because he's the resurrection of life, as you rise up in Christ, you begin to become one nation, Israel. That's what Revelation says, Israel. So a mature one's identity cannot be in the earth. If your identity is in anything in the earth, you're technon, which means you're immature, you got strongholds, which means you believe a bunch of the devil's lies, which is true of everyone when they're infants in Christ. So that's why we eat from the mature ones, the apostles and prophets, because they just burn the human out to rise up into the eternal nature of the Israel of God. Israel God means son of God or the weos of God. So there becomes a union of the same type of family, the same family tree, which is Christ in you. Christ in people will form an Israelite of the cosmos. They'll all walk on stars. They'll all walk in the heavens. They'll all walk on the sky. They've discovered the reality of Christ being formed of them because this is how Jesus lived. When Jesus was down here, he never practiced religion. That's what he rebuked all the time. He destroyed all the works of the religion. First day of ministry of Jesus Christ, the Bible says the religionists tried to kill him. Okay, So you have to get out all the religion and focus on Jesus getting formed inside your spirit. The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Trinity is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, the Lord is God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Israel is one in one God. There's only one God, and He's manifest in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Trinity is absolutely real. So the Holy Spirit is the fullness of the Father and the fullness of the Son in you, around you, Emmanuel. You can't have any more of the Holy Ghost. It's just that oftentimes we're so calloused from religion and external crap or okay. sin or darkness and strongholds, mm -hmm. we're not aware that the fullness, the Bible te tells mm -hmm. you, seven spirits of God, is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because we're not God inside-minded, we come up with all kinds of false doctrines, like the Holy Spirit's way more over here than he is over there. <laughs> right. Not true. Absolutely false. The only reason why some people have a greater manifest presence of the Holy Spirit is because they know Him. <clears throat> they know Him on the inside. They yada Him. They know Jesus. They know the Holy Ghost within in their very spirit. Now those who know Him within in their very spirit become teachers, which means revealers of Christ in you, which is putting the Word in your spirit and revealing to your brain your brain has to be constantly revelated to Christ in you because the brain is full of the world's unbelief. Everyone after they're born again is going to deal with their brain majorly. And how you deal with the brain is by the renewing of the mind, by feeding the Spirit and the Spirit revealing the same Lord Jesus inside every true believer's spirit, but then the brain having all the division and strife of all the demons. Which is what you deal with. That's why pastoring is really hard work. Because you deal with thousands of other voices in the head from the realm of the dead saying, 
Don't listen to that one voice. Don't allow that one seed, that one word only. Mix it. As soon as it's mixed, it becomes a dullness in the senses. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really hard to reach that person. They have to come to an end of themselves. Mm-hmm. The stubbornness sets in, and they're lost again. You get born again, and they get lost within 24 hours, and now what? They go and they practice externalism. For the most part, that's exactly how it goes in Christianity the last hundred years. What we're going to need now is teachers that can build up the Spirit with teaching on the inside. And when the teaching goes into the inside, the light remains burning. Teaching that's not for the Spirit, the light doesn't remain. As soon as the teaching's done, they could have an external gift too. What good does that do? Go and conference hopping, experiencing external light, but because it wasn't planted in the Spirit, it don't remain. It makes you addicted to externalism. It makes you addicted to witchcraft, people. Mm-hmm. It's called the addiction of iniquity, which is false mm-hmm. love. So that the senses are looking for God in the forms they've experienced, even Shekinah. Remember, the whole curse of the fall is the separation of Shekinah from God. So that you get into the things of Jesus Christ and, and God and the Christianity, and you become super far away from God. Those that are born again and get bewitched are further away from God mm-hmm. than they were before they're born again. Yeah. It's called twice dead. It's written in the Word. So problem is, is, a lot of people get further from God than even before they were saved. So what we need to do is repent, which means return into the development of our spirit man by eating a certain type of food. Which means, as soon as a people begins to bear this this type of fruit, it'll reveal the quality of the teaching, which will bring forth, you know, real rabbis, sons of God, hey. that have the, the, the whole interest of your spirit, your eternal person, in mind, in every word, and not the external junk food, the quick fix, right. the stuff, the generic stuff out here, that you just say anything that sounds like Christian nice. And it gets 10,000 likes. And you bring the severity in the spirit that can actually bring eternal rewards. You'll have to have four people on the whole planet that like it. Because the world is so screwed up right now. People hate maturity. And the cost of maturity is utterly despised in American Laodicean Christianity. To them, it's arch enemy. They've constructed gospels to stay human. And they've surrounded themselves with teachers that teach human Christianity. That's the Whore of Babylon. And the teachers of the Whore of Babylon is the circus show. Hey. Mm-hmm. We're, the Lord is talking about the circus. We're transferring circus. Uh, you can transfer your circus if you're part of the circus freak show of the charismatic church. Or if you've been part of the occult, the Shiner's Circus of Freemasonry. Uh, he was talking to me today about the Three Ring Circus of Bob Jones. Now... The Lord was speaking to me in private, in open, ooh, whatever you want to call it. I was uh, with the Lord, and he was talking to me about the three three golden rings. Now, I didn't mention this to anyone. I wrote it down, and I heard, you know, at that time it was, you know, don't talk about it, just write it down. And I get a phone call within a couple of days from a seer friend of mine who starts talking to me about the three golden rings, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> all right. And on our way over here, we passed by a license plate that said three. And um, 
Is it Bob Jones? Let, let's take a look. What did Bob Jones say about that three ring circus? Three ring circus of prayer, prayer, praise, and prophecy. And look at this. It says that Bob Jones this is on their official website. Bob Jones had a vision for a portal open day and night that goes through the second heaven and right into the throne room. Now, what is that portal? What are the three ring circus? When you look at the top of the sapphire. Rings or rungs. Right, right. <laughs> rings, rungs, rings, rungs, rungs. Rungs, which rungs. is sapphire stones. Which is how you walk through heaven into heaven. That's exactly what Bob was talking about. And what was his instruction? Like, as Brandon was talking, I was going to the vision that this is the worm. That's the problem, the brain, right? He's talking about the, the brain, the fallen mind, the carnal brain, carnal Christianity. That what This is the worm. You take that into the sun and you burn it. That sun is your cocoon. Not just the sun, because we don't want you in black sun. But it's Shekinah. Take the Shekinah into the sun makes you come undone. That's what it is. Take the Shekinah into the sun and purify it, cleanse it. What does it say? Glorify his glory? Why is that written? Why does the glory need to be glorified if it's already glory? Say that five times fast. Taking the Shekinah into the sun because remember it's that cloud foam, cloud cocoon of metamorphosis of your first your spirit that changes you from the spirit of a man, spirit of a woman, to the spirit of the righteous, which is angel-like in appearance with wings like a cherubim. That's when you go into the sun. Take the Shekinah Right? The cloud covering, get the false love out, get the lies out, get the false revelations out. You burn it in the sun. What did Bob Jones say? He said, fly into the sun and then turn into a butterfly. The butterflies, you know, you fly into the sun. That's where you need to go because the sun, righteousness, holiness. And what is holiness? The only evidence, the only evidence, according to Andrew Murray, here on... This page here. Humility is the bloom and beauty of holiness. What is the bloom of the fire rose? Tiferet, represented the sun, the vav, the fire rose, the six, the number of man. This is how you burn the witchcraft scrolls permanently. You know, we get so religious, like, oh, we burned our Ouija boards. We, we burned our Book of Mormon, you know. We burned all of our Mennonite doctrines when we walked in the door, you know. That's, you know, those are the worst. But, um, <laughs> what is the, where do the witchcraft scrolls rest? What do we learn from watching Joel's Bar the last how many years? They sit on top of heads. Right, so when you look at heads, like, when Brandon opened up the seer realm, the last Joel's Bar, when he spoke it, instantly that seer realm was opening and I could see the witchcraft words over every single one of the heads in the Joel's bar audience not to like oh you know oh no you know nobody freak out and you know message me on on Facebook what did I do what did I do everyone has these words right if you watched uh, I think it was named Charlie Charlie Robinson uh, he went to the seven seventh heavens one time in a, in a vision and he saw these things and so when he came back to earth he saw it written like words now what I saw was I saw the words written, I couldn't read what they were, but I saw the emanation from the engravings of the false stones. And what they do is they emanate Shekinah, but it's 
it's it's a it's a false light. It's a misuse of created glory, created light. That stuff from God, that's not God. It's separate from Him. Those are all the words. So when Brandon opened that up on our last Joel's bar, I could see them. And depending on, there were some people who've been around who've been working and knowing God within their own spirit for four or five, maybe six years now, had maybe only half as many of those words over their heads than, you know, people who haven't been at it as long. So, or if someone is walking in a lot of purity, you can see it because there's fewer of those words on your head. Those are witchcraft scrolls. Those are the invisible written engravings of the false sapphire stones, the lapis lazuli throne of Satan written over your head. So in the book of Acts, when they burn those witchcraft scrolls, what do we do with the, about those now? Take it into the sun, right? Because this thing where they're resting is the worm, the caterpillar, the worm. You take that into the sun, those words are going to burn. They will not exist. And how many do you have on your head? You might wonder, look at, ask yourself, ask the spirit now, how many do I have on my head? It's the measure you still have a human brain. And this is what, and this is the exact measure. You can actually map it out now and look. The human brain is likened to um, the slave, the son of Hagar. The human born again spirit is likened to the son of Sarah, Isaac. Isaac represents the new spirit, but Ishmael, the son of the slave woman. Right. So the brain is the slave. If you live in that place, you live as a natural Christian. That's human Christianity. It's antichrist. And so the separation of Shekinah from God is using all the new covenant promises for the slave. That's why you make this a right. slave to this yeah. in your spirit, which is a child of faith, which is spirit. Walking by faith is walking in the spirit. Going after the invisible part of you to grow and develop and renew the visible part of you. You have a sin list on your head to the measure that you live out of the slave. Right. If you're in your head, all you do is practice sin. Mm -hmm. That's the definition of sin, is living by your head. Now, if you live by the born-again spirit, and you're feeding your born-again spirit, you get unctions in your spirit, and you begin to become spirit-led. Being spirit-led is being God inside minded. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, the Israel of God, it is written. So all of the maturity of your whole life, how fast or how slow, is how much you go out of here, carnal, into here, spiritual. And the spiritual will consume the carnal. So you still have a brain, but you're not fleshly or brain led. You're spirit led now, and your spirit has stood up on the inside and conquered the slave. The slave of sin is the human brain. The worm, which is bird food of the foul detestable birds, that's mm -hmm. constantly controlled and manipulated by externalism of the fallen angels. No one's brain can conquer Satan and his angels. The most pathetic spectacle is a Christian doing spiritual warfare out of their brain. Right. It is like the worst strange fire spectacle. Get away from those people. You go, you crucify your brain, get into your heart, start eating mm -hmm. for your spirit. Yeah. Prophetic word. What's prophetic word? It's not fortune cookie garbage out here. Yeah. It's not just patting each other on the back. Right. It's the sharp two-edged sword. It's the flashing, circling sword of the Garden of Eden 
and the cherubim of judgment into your spirit. Your spirit needs judgment. The stronger the word for your spirit, the faster you can burn up the slave. And that thing will follow you. The brain will follow you. It'll resist. All temptation has to come through the brain. So you learn how to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. All the antichrist and demonic activity of all deception in the world is simply the human being, 666, which is the human being, the mark of humanity. If you can make humanity your enemy or your slave, then you can have a vision for developing divinity. And it becomes clear before your mind that I'm a willing offering now. I'm offering more of my humanity and I have a divine nature. If you're not awakened to your divine nature, that's what you need to focus on more than anything. Amen. Because you're only blind until you begin to see God in a pure heart. Matthew 5 says, and once you see God in a pure heart, now you realize what the promised land is. Mm. The formation of Jesus Christ in your spirit is heaven on earth. It's the only way you ever get real heaven on earth as it is in heaven. If you try to do it any other way, you're a thief and a robber. And there's a lot of thieves and robbers out there because they're shortcuts and instant gratification and to look good in front of others and all this junk that people say is success but is actually a forfeited destiny you go into your spirit and you just eat and your spirit begins to burn up every other part of you and if there's resistance there's demonic activity you'll deal with all your demons you deal with all your sin but the word is stronger than sin bible says that if our hearts condemn us god is stronger than our hearts, which means the Word of God stronger than anything the devil and sin and lust and pride can do in your heart. As long as your faith is in the Word, you will eventually deteriorate the stronghold and yeah. God will lead you triumphantly in His breaker Word. Amen. This Word will break through your heart. But you have to be consistent. The Bible says in Jeremiah, your Word is like a hammer. So you're hammering away in your soul every day and it will break through, but you're tested mm -hmm. constantly, sometimes 30,000 times in some areas. Do you really want God more than all the temporal garbage of Satan and sin and men and women and humanity? And you're tested. If you you'll be tested, and it will stretch you to your max. Because the enemy doesn't want to let you go, especially when you get into understanding these promised realms. Yeah. And this realm of maturity of what's guarded. actually available in Christianity to become Jesus' mm. brothers and sisters in his same maturity, mm. becoming cosmic Christians yeah. in the same maturity as yad Hey vav Hey with angel armies. I mean, that is what's available, not mm. something less than Jesus. The Bible says, my equal, my bride, equal to Jesus in power, Amen. equal to Jesus in glory and riches, where the Father can talk to you just like he talks to Jesus now this is available it's the standard the standard is total perfection but what you deal with is everything that falls short of that standard in your souls in your minds constantly that's why fighting the good fight of faith is just fighting the temptations of having a lesser standard understanding you're breaking through your own hardened hearts you're breaking through your own hardened minds and you need help, and you can't do it alone. And you'll, it'll mm -hmm. take a group of champions yeah. and a group of soldiers who together have decided to go all the way. That's what the sons of God are. And that's how they find each other around the world, because they're mm -hmm. like-minded in the full 
termination and sacrifice of their humanity of the slave man, Adam Amen. and Eve. On that note, I wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who really pressed in with us these last several days. That concerted effort of everyone putting the word of God into their eyes at least 30 minutes a day, those who um, participated in that or half an hour, an hour a day, made such a huge difference. That gave us momentum because even if you're not lifted off the ground onto the moon, when you're part of the apostolic, when you're under that covering, even if you're just like still just like standing on the ground, but your eyes are turned, you know, heavenward towards the sun of righteousness and you've made up your mind, this is the path I'm on. When you are obedient to those things, when you're partnered with the apostolic, especially when you're obedient in your heart and your mind, your soul, your finances, all those things, there's a special grace on your life that even if you haven't lifted off the earth yet, what you do impacts the whole body. I don't care if you're standing down in the in the pinky toe of the body or the big toe. Uh, the earth is the footstool. Are you on the earth? You start at his feet, worship at his feet, right? When you put the word in your eyes, regardless of your elevation, as long as you're in the consecration, that gives us the momentum, even at the spearhead, I could feel it. That makes such a huge difference. You can make a difference exactly where you're at right now. Not tomorrow, not someday in the future. You know, someday I'll, I'll give financially, you know, when I have more. Someday I'll, I'll start feeding my spirit when I have more time to put the Bible in. No, prioritize that stuff now because that makes a huge difference in pioneering what God is doing because we are one body. How can I say to you at the feet, I don't need you? I can't say that. I would be in sin if I said, I don't need you. We need you to be doing your part wherever you're at now. And as you rise, God's going to give you more responsibility, more gifts, and more of these things. And with the, the Spirit, He wanted me to mention this to you tonight, how to remove those words off of your head. I can tell you how to find out exactly how many of those words you have over your head right now. Because when I saw them, I asked the Lord. I said, first of all, I said, well, what is that? What am I seeing right now when He spoke that? And I it became visible to my eyes and then I asked him well I, there's no point in you mentioning it unless you tell me how they can remove that how we can remove those progressively and this is what the spirit told me he said the number of those words written over your head are exactly corresponding to the number of sapphire stones of the whole seven octaves of the trees yet to be conquered so if you're still on the earth, don't freak out. The first step is the step that you need to take. The next step, then you take the next step. However many of those unconquered sapphire stones of the false throne of Satan, that lapis lazuli counterfeit sapphire, the shell, like the shadow. However many of those are still of your head, that's how many I have over my head. I could show you exactly on the chart, this is where I'm at. This is how many are still written over my head. So there's no hypocrisy. It's just reality, according to the Word of God, according to the Holy Spirit. So that's a great incentive. How do you overcome temptations? I want each and every one of you, this week, by the end of this, let's say by Saturday, I want each and every one of you 
by this Saturday to be able to look at those charts and find exactly where you are. Now, I noticed even amongst champions, there is a temptation to want to overstate where you're at. Or, well, maybe I'm here because I saw this in a vision, or, or I heard that, or this. Be really humble and really accurate. One of the main ways I was able to rise was that Bible verse that says, if you take a lower position at the table, when the master comes, he'll bring you up to a higher spot. So if you overestimate where you're at, he'll say, oh, that's so-and-so seat. Why don't you go and take a spot at the lower place? And so you say, oh, well, I'm all the way up in the sun. I've been seeing the sun. And then it turns out it was the shell of the sun. He's going to ask you to go back down and start over. Not because he's angry or mean. It's just... It all gets you tested to, until it's yeah. tried and true. And the angels reveal it with signs and wonders right. every day. Yep. When we're advancing on sapphire stones through our spirit soul, there is, I mean, so many confirmations. It's, right, it's not it's even like, a question. It's continuous. So if you make progress, because the only way to burn off the old is to ascend. The resurrection is the life. Mm -hmm. And if you want all of his life, you have to rise all of the way. So you rise first in spirit, then in soul, then in flesh. And by rising, it burns off of you. Yep. Rising's the only thing that removes the curse of the fall. It's called the resurrection of the dead. It's the hope of all the apostles in the New Testament that you'd keep rising. And so you get confirmation if you're just completely uh, lost and where, where your elevation is, that means you're not hearing from the Spirit or the angels, which mm -hmm. means you got to first go and Lord. read the Word into your spirit. Right. When your spirit is fed, then the Holy Spirit's world calls, calls the kingdom. When your spirit is fed, loose! When your spirit is fed, then the Holy Spirit's world is revealed to you. Because... The Word in your spirit puts you in the world of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom. So the kingdom is filled with angels. Okay, They're there already through the Word. So the angels come and their job is to help you as you rise. There's whole thousands and ten hundreds of thousands of angels waiting for you to rise in spirit. And there will be confirmations. And it will become clear to you how to walk by faith upward and it's going to take risk it's going to take challenges you're going to be wrong all the time because the brain is a worm and a slave and the spirit's learning how to take over the soul from ruling your life and that's a complete paradigm shift that goes completely contrary to human christianity but it's the only way to walk with god and there is no other way so it requires constant and continual repentance to live as spirit, because God is spirit, which means you don't live with God unless you're living as spirit. And your spirit man will continue to rise higher and higher until it's taken over your soul. And the only way to do that is obedience to Jesus Christ. When it takes over your soul, your senses are now led by the Holy Ghost. Your vision is led by the Holy Ghost. Your senses that are glorified by ascension 
When you ascend, your senses get glorified, which means now they're used in discernment before they're only used in deception. As you rise, every part of you gets sanctified for God's use. The whole purpose of rising is to serve God. So people stop rising because they want to serve self, or they want to serve their family, or their bank account, or their business. Well, just forget it. You have other gods besides Him, so you ain't going to Him anymore. When you're done sinning, repent, and perhaps He'll grant you repentance. What's repentance? The ability to keep going up higher. True, Zinnia. Repent house. (laughs) So every degree, there be confirmations. A lot of times it comes with signs and wonders, these angel feathers that we started to see really in 2008 strongly materialize around us. We had them one time, and this prophet came up and said, those symbolize a seal Mm -hmm. of rising in God. Mm -hmm. So the feather is an angel that sealed you, Mm -hmm. inheriting that measure of salvation. There will always be signs and wonders that follow those who believe. What is those who believe? Who are ascending. But it's an internal ascension. But it does take your soul and your body. So everything in your life will improve. You're going home to God upward through internal resurrection. And the word then that you deposited in your spirit starts to get written on sapphire stones. You begin to walk on the Word of God. You begin to walk on streets of gold. You begin to walk on stars. We know that the Bible says that the stars were created by the Word of God and named by God, which means you're walking on the Word when you're walking on created angelic spheres of stars and planets and moons. And it will be under your feet. It's a walk upward to God. Dominion over creation is walking over all planetary systems, over all star systems. As you go up, you don't need to figure it out in your head. You just go up in your heart. And as you go up in your heart, you begin to realize what's required of your heart to maintain certain elevations of the emanations of light that go along with rising. Every degree you rise, the Bible says you have greater light. What is an ever-increasing light? It's an ever-increasing rising. What is it to be the bride of Christ? The exact brilliance of God, fully raised from the dead spiritually, mentally, morally, with all your soul and flesh that have followed your spirit back into heavenly Jerusalem, back into the throne room of God. And as you go through the second heavens, you begin to learn all God's way. Those that skip second heavens, that just get a a rapture and a trance, they don't learn anything. They don't learn God's ways. That's a gift. You need to learn the path. Mm -hmm. You need to learn the path of righteousness Mm -hmm. that goes up through the second heavens to the third. If you don't, Mm -hmm. you will not be able to help anyone else. There's mystics that have just gone up there just to whet your appetite, Mm -hmm. but you have to learn the path. Sapphire stones was presented Mm -hmm. to all Israel to walk in them. So you're going to learn about how to do this with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength so that you stop disobeying or sinning in ignorance. Once you learn the way that's plain to you, that there's an internal resurrection, and there's a certain walk upward, then the other walking ways are all rebellion towards you, so you don't walk that way. So they walked the way of the devil in the fall. Thousands of years later, we're learning to only walk with the Holy Spirit upward. I'll send the Spirit of truth, and He'll lead you. What's a leading? What's a leader do? How to walk. 
So the Holy Spirit teaches us how to walk upward. How do you know people aren't following the Holy Ghost? Their walk ain't upward. There's no resurrection. Same teaching from 20 years ago. Same manifestations from 20 years ago. They just recycle it. But you hear some of these people and it's like, you haven't said anything new for 10, 20, 30 years. That's why no one in your churches is growing. We need a prison escape from those who are not following the Spirit upward. Then we can have accurate teaching that will bring the resurrection to the whole body of Christ. When that happens, they'll go up into heaven. They'll have all the dominion over the universe. They'll have all the dominion over stars. Once you go up high enough and start to have dominion over stars, all the devil is under your feet. You understand that you can't have dominion over principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions unless you've walked over and above the stars of the second heavens. So that is top priority. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to, no matter what kind of charismatic junk you're into, you'll still be under the devil. It'll be just a waste of time, and you're deceiving everyone and practicing garbage. As soon as you get over the stars in internal resurrection, you can teach accurately how to overcome the devil, how to walk on the serpent, like walking on streets of gold, like crushing Satan under your feet by walking on stars. Walking on sapphire stones is every step crushing the devil under your feet. And you'll see it around you. Things will shift around you quickly. And it'll renew your mind how to walk by faith. And visions will come into your mind out of your spirit man. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit determines when it's turned up or turned down. A lot of times it'll be turned down just because he wants you to walk by faith. To have a richer rewards. It's true. If everything was seen perfectly, your spirit man never grow. But when it's hidden inside... It requires your spirit man to grow in light by obedience in what you can't see or know. So that's true no matter how high you get all the way up until the right hand of God. And even when you come back down, there might be whole areas that are hidden from you. Mm -hmm. Because he wants to have you walk by faith. That's the only thing that pleases him. You're not to be like the angels like that that have all the sight all the time. Mm -hmm. That's not for born again redeemed. That You can have that for eternity. Right now, it's about developing His nature in you. Which means, not by sight, but by faith. Amen. And He'll allow that faith sight to increase at times. And He gives certain leaders awesome grace gifts to help the body of Christ see and obey. But everyone can walk by faith. Okay, You don't have to be a seer prophet. You can just walk by faith. And the Holy Spirit is your eyes. He's the one that sees for you when you can't see. The Bible says that when you can't see, now Psalms 119, that the Word is the lamp and the light for your feet. God, the Bible instructs, wants to make the Word the light for the eyes of your walk. Any other walk that's not reliant on the light and the lamp of the Bible to be your vision is deception and you can't grow to God or for God. It'll be a waste of your time. So it's all about prioritizing what's important to the Father and understanding His ways so that we can obey and flow in it to develop what He's trying to train us in because He's our Father, which means He's maturing us 
in all kinds of areas all the time. And it's not to be discouraged or something to be flippant about. It's the most important thing to God to mature us even when it seems trivial. Even when it seems like small things and where everyone's working to become full-time ministers like complete lost people. If you were to be full-time servants of the Father, then you would make progress no matter your external situation, circumstances. You wouldn't have any excuses because you wouldn't be deceived at all. Now it's a focus of growing right where you're at because the Father is always with you trying to train you and grow you in faith and developing your inner man. Becoming aware of Him working in you makes all the small things valuable in your life all the time. You don't have downtime. You don't have God time and you time. It's just 24-7 God fathering you. And that's the place where you're in a healthy walk with God, even as young children in Christ, where it's you're always aware you are being fathered because He is always fathering and maturing your spirit if you're available and open to the lessons that He wants you to learn. In Jesus' name. Amen. Speaking Amen. of priorities, I just wanted to quickly announce, uh, while we're looking at priorities, the devices of Satan, uh, just to expose those this season for you, just to make your lives easier. The Lord wanted to just quickly expose those things. Uh, two main devices of Satan this season they've been employing is lust and distractions. That's kind of their target right now because those are the only things that usually keep people from rising so if it's the less strongholds keep consecrating those eyes keep putting the word of god in your eyes uh get an accountability partner if you need to work with a close friend whatever it takes just get it done uh and then if that's kind of something that you you've really con made consecration there that's you know that's not as much the issue the other big one this season is distractions uh, any shape form any type of distraction probably idolatry things like that uh, but the other big one, this is the one that uh, we needed to expose, is the old old glories, old revivals, pat, looking at the past, looking at the past. If you saw that big one, that it already surfaced, um, the false revival kind of stuff. If you'll notice the pattern, so when that one first showed its head, I asked the Lord, I said, well, if I was, I think you think like a demon sometimes, right? Like, what what is the enemy camp going to be planning? kind of screw tape letters kind of thing. I was talking to the Lord. I said, well, if I was the demon that was in charge of the revival, I would have given them angel feathers, gemstones, miracle healing. Just send a, a high-ranking demon from the seventh heaven, you know, or the seventh hall of hell, and those are the ones that work the big miracles, right? If you know anything about the halls of hell that correspond the shadows of the halls of heaven. So, you know, the interior castles of Satan, you know, those things, the stuff that the warlocks progress in. I said, well, I said, Lord, why aren't they, I'm just curious because why aren't they doing that? Is it just not allowed or like, you know, is that something that's coming in the future? I said, why aren't they just doing that? Because that'd be way, you'd probably get way more people deceived with that. This is the kind of things I think about, war strategy, think about your opponent, it's a chess game. What's their move? What's your move? It's a chess game. And the Lord told me this. He said, because it is written that I will not let you face anything beyond what you can handle. And my people honestly can't handle that right now. So we want you so sharp in discerning light. Light from light. Uncreated light in its clearness, holiness, purity, 
humility that's a big one it'll always have humility humility of the bloom of tifret of the sun of righteousness ever increasing it should be ever increasing we're not perfect yet but you want to see progress in those areas if it's all self-righteousness and increasing pride and you know worldliness or like we saw with the um the vaccine agendas and the lgbtq agendas coming forth out of the asbury you know false revival we saw that before those things surfaced you want to see it before the evidence comes out later you want to see it right away so what if the next one they do more deception now what do you watch now what do you think come out now movies about past christian revivals i talked to the lord about that i said seems to be a little pattern here and i'm not saying you know you're going to hell for going to watch go and enjoy a movie if you want to but this is what i'm saying is that you got to understand chess moves it's all moves and counter moves why is it that their gameplay has been to look at the past evangelical style revival asbury Billy Graham style, you know. Now they're kind of moving towards, oh, you know, the glory stream or miracles, Catherine Kuhlman, Lonnie Frisbee, to get people, now what do you see manifesting? What's the fruit of that? Debates, arguments, strife. Well, no, this is true about Lonnie Frisbee. That's true about this person. Well, blah, 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 and this, and like, well, what kind of fruit, what tree did that come from? Anything this season that's not upward path, upward path, if it, I don't care if it's manifest Shekinah glory cloud. and more holiness. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, up, it's up, distraction. Up. Those two things this season, if you can just manage that, keep your eyes focused on Christ, and go up, you're going to be, you're going to do well. Mm -hmm. And you can do it. You believe keep in rising, Christ. and there's a whole company rising together, and let this company grow. There's no cap to how many can rise. This is where the harvest is on the holy mountain that rises up from earth through second heavens to third heaven. You know, everyone that rises from the dead simply rose on the holy mountain, which means the holy angelic nature of the angel of the Lord that created the heavens and earth with the whisper just got fully formed in them. They just walked with God into the heavens just like Enoch, and the whole generation is invited to walk with God like Enoch. So let us heed the call, walk with God upwardly. This is how you won't be distracted. Keep going up every day. Ascend more, which means more angelic and more holiness. The greater the holiness, the greater the brightness, 100% of the time. You can't go up without growing in holiness. Simple as that. Because it's the spirit of holiness that raised him from the dead. So the higher you rise, the higher the holiness, which means the greater the wisdom, the greater the light, the more you'll know God and understand all the angels and all the stars and the luminaries. Everything will be clear to you. Our job is just first, where most people are at, is allow the mountain of holiness to rise in your heart and confront all the junk that's kept you at sea level. And just burn all that out on the mountain. There's a mountain of fire in you. It's called Jesus Christ. He's the mountain. Now, just burn out everything that's kept you sea level. Burn all of it. All your humanity much must constantly burn. Not once, continuously. As it burns continuously, you see the mountain, you rise up. Because you can only climb this mountain with the clean hands and pure hearts. So, He is the purifier of our hearts and our hands. Amen. So, the mountain go higher and higher. The holiness be higher and higher. 
and be brighter and brighter every day until you have so much experience in ascension and resurrection, you can be an accurate teacher to feed those around you, to inspire them to go higher. And as we go high together in Christ, we'll have unity, the brethren, on the mountain of the Lord. This On this mountaintop is where we're going to have true revival called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Marriage Supper of the Lamb is on the city, on the mountaintop, not at an earthly level, but in a second heavens level. For if you read the Bible, that's where the Israel of God is formed in the book of Revelation. Only in the second heavens will you have the true never-ending revival. And until that happens, just it'll be all fake down below. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, all fake. Satan is so desperate to distract every believer in the world because the believers carry the ability and the potential of God in them, and no one else does. So they're the only ones getting tempted. They're the only ones under attack, really. But if you keep rising and you understand what the goal is, a permanent habitation of a new second heavens, then you won't settle. And so these will be the champions that form around that message, with that understanding, with ever-increasing experiences and holiness and wisdom through what they've had to go through to rise from the dead to be like Christ in the air, or to meet Him in the air, or to meet Him in the heavens, which is the air. To meet Him in the second heavens is to rise up and meet Him in the air. And only those that rise up and meet Him in the heavens, in that heavenly air, are, will ever be the sons of God. No one else will ever be a son of God, a mature one, or live in heavenly Jerusalem. The only way you're living in heavenly Jerusalem is if you rise up now and meet Him in that celestial air. And so we're going to teach on that, preach on that every day until the ark doors close and people have made a decision if they want to go up or stay down. And then everything below will be completely incinerated. And that's how it's going down. And it's going to be good. And there'll be a new earth afterwards. We'll come out of the ark and have a new earth without any sinners on earth. The whole earth will be tilled in righteousness. It is written. Until then, we need to consecrate our lives, rise on the mountain, grow in holy fire, grow in wisdom, grow in holiness, become more God-inside-minded, and do the works of the Holy Spirit as we follow Him from glory to glory, light to light, shining ever brighter to the full dawn of day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Glory. <laughs> Give an offering, click the link in the description, partner with this ministry, support the sons of God, support the pioneers and really bring attention and you can magnify this ministry and this message by your financial support it's your vote when you support a ministry when you support an apostleship it's your vote for who you want to lead the body of christ and let's pray the angels help you pour grace on your heads and your hearts give you visions that you can obey god financially in supporting this ministry exactly exactly according to God's will. And I pray for blessings and the increase of favor and the increase of business wealth and stewardship of greater talents in the marketplace. I pray for your marketplace revival, that you would raise up your marketplace, raise up your skill levels, that every aspect of your marketplace and business life would be glorified and ascended to serve God in His riches, in His glory, in His excellence, in His abilities. Let Him become more angelic in you, in all your business, in all your marketplace, 
to serve the Lord with a greater glory, a greater financial kavad glory. The word kavad in the Bible is the financial weight of glory. And it's a kavad glory. It's the measure of your success in the marketplace. And let it be an ever-increasing kavad for your God in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory. Okay. Sorry. A little tight. <laughs>